Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of The Headliners. My name is Anna Herod, and I'm the news editor. And I'm Extra Arguello, the assistant news editor. This week, I choose to speak about um, epic piping to provide jobs for economically disadvantaged. So Leslie did this story, and it is about a piping manufacturing company that has decided to locate to San Marcos. This is um, relevant to San Marcos residents because the state has given Epic Piping um, tax incentives to come here, and so they're required um, to create 350 jobs for economically disadvantaged citizens within the next five years. Um, for every one of these citizens that they employ, they get $2,500 for tax refunds, and so they'll get a maximum of $1.25 million back from hiring economi economically disadvantaged San Martians. Um, so both Scott Gregson and Frank Arredondo, city council candidates for this year, um, in the article they talk about how it's great that Epic Piping has came here, it will improve the quality of life for San Marcos residents, and so it's just a very relevant topic to people in the city because um, they can look forward to having more job opportunities. Um, and another interesting thing about the story is that they chose San Marcos not only because of its location between San Antonio and Austin, but they also chose to come here because Butler Manufacturing shut down in 2013. And so the building that Butler Manufacturing left behind suits Epic Piping's needs. So it was really just a, com a combination of chance and luck and just um, city officials who were really pushing for Epic Piping to come here. So that's it for that headline. So I decided to uh, pick the headline, Texas State Faculty dis Discusses Campus Carry. Um, so basically, Faculty Senate uh, got together Wednesday for their weekly meetings and discussed Senate Bill 11, which is the uh, controversial uh, campus carry, which will be placed in effect uh, in 2016. Um, so uh, basically, what Faculty Senate discussed was the implementation of uh, gun-free zones here on campus. Um, so the university is not allowed to completely eliminate um, guns on campus as it is as it is law but they do have the power to to make these gun-free zones in essence um, these gun-free zones will um, will basically serve as, as as safe zones for people to not um, be able to, to carry their weapons and to carry the guns so these these safe zones um, what makes this a little controversial is the uh, the amount of money that's associated with them so Idaho has spent 4.7 million dollars creating these these safe zones, um, basically these storage facilities that people will be able to place their guns in in the safe zones. Uh, Idaho is a significantly smaller state than Texas, so the cost um, that the university would have to spend in order to maintain these storage facilities for the safe zones is, is definitely something interesting. And that's something that we're going to have to keep an eye on uh, for the future and see how this plays into effect, where the funding is going to come from, maybe an increase in tuition. We're not necessarily sure yet, but uh, we'll, we'll definitely follow up with the story and keep going with that. Um, another question. Another question that that has to be raised is um, where where exactly would these safe zones be? Um, I know that in the article it specifically states that that there cannot be a large amount of these safe zones within a campus. Um, it, they need to be limited. So it doesn't seem like it's over over carrying the legislation. Another question that that. That seems to be worth noting is dorms and how these safe zones will work in dormitories and how these storage units will work, um, you know, with dorms and, and how students, 18-year-old students who are living in these dorms will be able to 
place their guns um, in and out of the safe zones when they leave to and from their dorm. Um, like I said, this is something that we're definitely going to have to keep following up on. And I think Darcy did a good job covering the main points of, of this and, and how Faculty Senate is really voicing their opinions on on um, on the legislation and, and how they will continue to, to work with that in the future. But that was the headline I picked for this week, and uh, we're definitely, definitely going to keep following up on that um, just to make sure that that you know we're giving giving our viewers all the information that we can on um, on Senate Bill 11. Definitely, and I know that there's actually a couple of open forums scheduled for the end of this month, and it's where students, faculty, staff, anybody who visits the campus really, um, they're invited to come in and voice their concerns about the campus carry legislation right. and like how it will be implemented on campus, and that'll be their chance to um, voice what they want so that uh, President Trouth can implement this in the way that the campus community wants. Right. And then, um, so for the headline that I'm looking forward to that I want you guys to keep an eye out on um, is TRICARE. So TRICARE is an insurance provider that a lot of veterans have. And I know that Texas State has a large veteran population. However, the university doesn't accept TRICARE in um, in the medical center, the student medical center, anything like that. And from what I've heard, there's not many places in San Marcos that accept TRICARE. So this is just an interesting thing because this is what the majority of veterans on campus um, use for their medical care. So uh, we have a story coming up about that and maybe it'll answer some questions that the lack of acceptance of this medical care rises. So uh, a good story that I'm looking forward to in the future is um, a future that I'm actually working on about uh, naturalized citizens. About a week and a half ago, um, Texas State hosted the first their first ever naturalization ceremony, where um, individuals who um, are not citizens not citizens of the United States uh, become citizens of the United States. And the ceremony is very successful, and, and I had a lot of fun covering it. And um, I I've been privileged with the opportunity to talk to uh, two Spanish professors who have gone through that naturalization process. Um, one from El Salvador and one from Mexico, and their story on how they they came to the United States and the struggles that they had to face in order to gain that citizenship. Um, like I said, this is something that will be coming out in the near future. Um, I feel like with the way Texas State uh, really handled the naturalization ceremony, this is a good follow up to that, and and to really to really um, feature these these two individuals and, and voice their 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 stories because uh, the journey here to the states for them was something that was very difficult. But uh, at the end of the day, it was all worthwhile for them um, when they finally got the opportunity to become citizens. So keep an eye out for that. Um, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to, to getting that content out to you guys. All right. Well, that's it for this week's episode of The Headliners. My name is Anna Harrod, your news editor. And I'm XR Arguello, the assistant news editor. Thank you. Thank you.